1: This episode of Open Mind is brought to you in association with very.co.uk. Do you wish you could find a home for everything in your home? From the bedroom to the bathroom, living room to the garden, very has all kinds of space saving sets and storage essentials to keep everything neat and tidy. From sideboards to side tables, cabinets to cupboards, it's easy to create a stylish space in your place with very. It's time to live well, sleep well, eat well, and spend well at Very.co.uk. So, welcome, Laura Whitmore, to Open Mind today.
0: Um, Thank you. TV presenter and actress, now, Laura. Ah, uh, sure. Why not do a couple of things? Uh- yeah, I, you know, I remember talking to you about this before. Uh, people like to put you in a box for, to do one thing. So as soon as you go out of one box and, and tick another box as well, it confuses people.
1: Yeah, I was going to say that to you because I remember you saying there was like that thing of people saying, like kind of saying, stick to your lane. Yeah. Um, and have you found that along the way or has it got a bit easier?
0: I think it gets a bit easier. I feel the UK is different to the US. Um, uh, in the US, are a bit more open to doing different things. Um and uh, sometimes you have to show people I always think rather than telling people what you want to do it's always better to show people and I think that even worked from since when I started out in MTV I didn't really have any experience I won a competition to be an MTV presenter and suddenly I'm interviewing you know people like Coldplay or the Saturdays and I'm like I've no experience so the best thing to do is just to show people but it does confuse people and um, I remember when I I went and did a play for six months and um, one of um, the bosses at MTV went so what are you an actor now what's that about like made some comment like really? that and I, I was like it's not like I've suddenly gone into you know becoming a doctor uh, it, or it, it's still storytelling it's still It might be a little bit off the lane, but it's, you know, it's not that far away from the main road. So, uh, I, yeah, it confuses people, but, uh, I, I think you also have to reach a stage in your life where you do what's best for you and you have to kind of get rid of the white noise of other people's opinions. I think
1: as well, these days, everyone's kind of, you know, everyone's, I kind of find when I'm filling out a form and you know, when it says occupation, (gasps) I
0: I have no idea what to write. Do you write something different every time? Yes. (laughs)
1: and I feel like that's kind of the way the world works now we all kind of have our fingers in so many different pies and everyone's doing like especially in the entertainment industry it's not as black and white anymore and as straightforward and you do have to do lots of
0: different things I um yeah I, I feel I, I definitely have imposter syndrome so sometimes when I'm filling out that form even when I write down I write down different things depending on what form it is if it's my car insurance I'm like broadcaster um, because it sounds a little bit more <laughs> official um, than TV presenter or actor Um but uh, yeah, sometimes when I write things down, I even saying actor sometimes, I just feel, oh God, I shouldn't say that. I don't have enough experience. I haven't showed the world enough what I can do to to have the privilege of writing that down on a piece of paper. Uh, so yeah, I, it is weird. I do get a bit funny about what I write. And also, I call it the, the slasher effect. So am I a slasher? Am I a presenter slash DJ slash broadcaster slash actor? Uh, and then as soon as how many slashes can I have before it's unacceptable? <laughs>
1: yeah that's so I'm so glad it's not just me then because I would have thought you would just put tv presenter like I know you have loads yeah. of other things but that would be your go-to and like mine still naturally is singer and I'm like yeah. but I'm not really anymore
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just because that's what you're used to putting down for so long and then sometimes you have to go but yeah I, I mix it up I say different things depending on what form I'm filling in depending on what mood I'm in and, yeah. and what job I'm happening to uh, happening to do that week like
1: Yeah I suppose so and did you always know you wanted to be a TV presenter then because I didn't realize that you got into it in a competition.
0: Yeah I am my background I studied drama and I studied journalism so I always was a little bit obsessed with storytelling in, in some form and talking to people I never wanted to sit at a desk I grew up with just my mom in a small town in Ireland and um mom knew she always said from a young age I would never be able to I, I I can't sit still so I'd never be good at just sitting down in front of a computer because I was always like on the go or moving around mm. um and I, I just I loved performing uh and I think I grew up with just my mom and I have two half brothers but they're a lot younger than me so I kind of grew up grew up being an only child and my kind of go-to and my escapism and my little world was in my room watching television or putting on little plays um, and little performances to keep myself occupied and I even remember I had this karaoke machine I got for Christmas uh, that instead of using it for karaoke I used it to make a radio show so my friend would come over and we'd (laughs) record this really bad radio show we do the weather and everything and uh, that was like a really early memory I have of keeping myself occupied by telling these little stories i
1: feel like a lot of us used to do it like i used to with my sister because you could press record couldn't you on a tape player (laughs) yeah we watching listen back yeah and we always used to do that as well because you could also record music off of the radio so you could like and the next song is
0: (laughs) i remember listening to my local radio station because rather than having to go and pay for the cassette tape i just used to record the song yeah we lived in an age where you just had to listen to the radio until your song came on. I remember, like <laughs> Spice Spice Girls wannabe, and just like holding my finger over the record button, waiting for the song to come on so I could wow. record it and then put it on my radio show.
1: <laughs> so, as a child, would you say you were quite quite confident then, if you were into performing? Strangely, and stuff?
0: I I wasn't. Uh, it, again, it was my little escapism. I remember when I was uh, probably about five or six my mom said that the teacher called her in to say that I wasn't really speaking in class that I was really shy Mm -hmm. um and just that not that she was worried about me but just that she was watching it and uh my mom sent me off for drama lessons and she said that was the day it all changed and I came home I came home with like a hand on my hip and I had attitude (laughs) 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 she was like what have I created oh Um, I love that but yeah, I guess because I spend a lot of time by myself uh, <laughs> in my room, uh, probably like a lot of kids. But uh, yeah, I just found the little ways of keeping myself busy and occupied. And I always say when I started doing drama class and drama lessons and similar when I stood, went to university and I lived away from home when I was 17 and uh, I didn't really know anyone in my university, I joined the drama society and it's always like how I found my people. And um, Also, similarly, when I went and did a semester abroad in Boston uh, in my final year, the fourth year of my degree, I again kind of felt, oh, God, here I am in Boston. And like all the Americans seemed so cool and trendy. And here's this girl Mm -hmm. from Ireland. And I joined the drama group, but I, I auditioned for a play and got into a play. And I was like, I found my people. So it didn't matter where I was in the world when I kind of found that drama group or maybe just like a group of loners who their escapism was through. I don't know, performance or, I don't know, had these egos that needed to be massaged and somehow. Once I found them, I was like, oh, these are my people. So
1: it's funny that you feel like you kind of still have this imposter syndrome when actually it's something you've been doing for years. It's not like you turned around yesterday and went, oh, I'm going to do acting now. You've been doing that since you were so young.
0: Well, I think faking it till you make it. I feel like I've always been acting, pretending that I knew what I was doing. Uh, I still remember the first day of my job uh, for MTV and... I moved to I moved to London. I had to find a place to live in London and London's so expensive. I remember just even trying to be able to find anywhere that I could afford to live because I got this great job and I had the it looked glamorous from the outside, but I still had to pay a month's deposit rent. Um and and it, we didn't have the glamour. I know behind the scenes there wasn't hair and makeup and there wasn't styling and you're on television every day, uh trying to keep up and trying to look like you belong there, even though I mm. definitely felt like I didn't. Um and then I went to LA on my first day and I had to interview like the Pussycat Dolls. And the first interview I oh ever did was a couple play with Chris Martin. And I like doing my own hair and makeup. And I remember just being like, just, just pretend you should be here because no one knows you shouldn't be here. So just pretend. And I think I've kind of kept that mentality even now, even when I'm doing different things, even when I'm on radio, when I'm, if I'm filming something, if I'm on TV or if I, whether it's acting or presenting, I'm still just pretending I know what i'm doing yeah if that
1: makes sense how was it then for you coming you know moving from ireland just being you and your mum, and then moving to london that must have been terrifying
0: mad it was mad it it probably should have been more terrifying than it was sometimes i don't re- you know when you're in something you don't really realize because you're too yeah. busy living it which is nice and it was busy and it was fast-paced and i was filming every day and uh, i was just trying to survive each day so i wasn't really thinking too much which is so maybe- how old were you so i was 20, i won the competition when i was 22 and i'm really um i'm really happy i was that age because i don't know about you because i know you were very young when you started out i felt mm. because i was a little bit older and i'd had these four years at university not necessarily i studied broadcast journalism but not necessarily that the I shouldn't say this but not necessarily the class has helped me but the growing up of living away from home for those few years yeah being away from being in the media I didn't have to deal with any of that stuff I had my first boyfriend my first proper boyfriend and my first proper breakup so I felt like even at 22 I had had this life that I'd lived and I had Mm -hmm. been hurt before and I'd gone through all the stuff before I had to deal with that on a different level
1: yeah and what made you go for this competition then
0: what did you have to do? Uh, So I remember, so I was back in Ireland and uh, I was, was I in my final year? Oh, I was in my final year of university, but I was interning in this radio station and they just offered me a permanent job. So I was working in a newsroom and that was a, a high stress, I'd say. And and I was like the new kind of young intern. So people didn't really talk to you. I probably had, a, I was probably way too enthusiastic for them. Like, hey, hey, I just want to help you. And they're just like ignoring me and sending me off to do like really boring jobs. But, um, I remember I just had gone through a breakup with like my first boyfriend and, I was home one night and I had MTV on and an MTV news came on and this little bulletin flashed up and said, we're looking for a new face of MTV Europe. And I remember years ago, I don't know if you remember, they used to do shows like that all the time called like Is She MTV? I remember they did one Richard Blackwood hosted and there was one around the time of Edith Bowman and Davina. Yep. But I hadn't really done a show like that in years and there wasn't really these opportunities and I come from a background where <laughs> no, no one in my family is in this line of work at all (laughs) like at all like my mom um is a single parent who is a civil servant uh worked for the department of the environment uh my dad who I have a great relationship with but I didn't grow up in his house um he worked in finance and property so I just didn't come from this so I thought the only way of getting into it is to get a contact uh somehow and yeah so I had this email address because it said to send a little video off uh (laughs) <laughs> and I had this email address. And I'm like, yes, I've got an email address. So sure, that's half the battle.
1: What did you have to do?
0: So I sent a, I had to record a two-minute news bulletin that I just made up myself. And I didn't have, <laughs> this wasn't the age of smartphones where we just had cameras on our phone. We, I had to borrow a camera from my university. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know, like, it was so easy to make videos now, but then it wasn't. So we um, recorded a video. My, fr- my, my mate, uh, John, Um very kindly recorded it and we put it on like a like a dvd like no like an actual physical dvd and sent <laughs> it off and, and also it was through myspace as well so i had to upload it onto myspace and send it to them and um yeah and so i i got a call about two months later saying that they'd three thousand people enter it and i was down to the last 150 and then oh my goodness that's the shit that's what i ended up winning and i won the contract
1: that's nuts Mad. I love that it's so old school though as it's well so old
0: school. but even even to this day I get a lot of people messaging me who want to get into television and I think it's different the opportunities have changed um it's very hard to kind of get that initial step uh step up especially if you don't come from it and you're not connected to anybody and uh, we're really mm. lucky now we can make our own contact our own we can make our own content with YouTube and things like that but um mm it's very hard to kind of get directly into television and and that was such a great opportunity and I feel so blessed that I took it because my mom used to always say like if you're not in it you can't win it so you know sometimes you're at home going oh I haven't won the lotto I'm like well have you bought a lotto ticket it's the same thing with with anything in your life if you you haven't put yourself out there it's not going to come knocking on the door you have to break the door down yourself.
1: And what do you think then attracted you to acting do you think it's like escapism or getting to be someone else or?
0: Yeah, probably an element of escapism, probably ego involved as well. I think anyone who's in this industry has to have some sort of ego yeah. but, uh, or want to belong or want to be loved. I don't know. probably goes back to something really deep. Um, but uh, I, I, when I was younger, just my best memories were I had two older cousins who are like my big sisters. Cause I never had older sisters and um I've these two cousins, and they. I remember when I was a kid going to see them do plays and stuff, and and we used to kind of put on little performances at Christmas, and that was my happy place. Um, mm. And that was a way of a way of you're still yourself, but you can kind of experiment with other elements of your personality. And again, when I was a shy child, I could go into drama and play a character and be this really confident person. And there's definitely elements I could I could play on that, and. Um, you have to be that's the one thing I've kind of learned through the last few years when I've been doing a little bit more acting and I went back and I studied acting was trying to too, not let too much of your personal stuff get in because I found sometimes I'd be playing a character and I would let Laura's personal life get too into it and it's mm. trying to differentiate between the two of them because otherwise it, it can be a lot to to work through
1: yeah I I I went to New York and I did like a two week intense yeah, course yeah it. and I and I remember them saying the same thing because I'd always only ever heard of like method acting where people yeah. use from their own experiences and they were like you'll just drain yourself from doing that like having to go in and say if you're a a, a character that's crying every day and really unhappy if you're having to pull from those things like every day it can be too much and I'd never really thought of it like that I
0: I remember doing um doing a show and we were doing like eight shows a week um and uh, it was a UK tour and I in it my character um my character's like one of her closest friends um is murdered um and there's a scene and like every night you have to kind of end up in tears and kind of get to that stage but in real life in Laura's life, um I had found out uh, the day before that a, a girl who was younger than me who I was working with had had passed away and mm-hmm. uh it was only when I was on stage and i said I said a line and I realized that the name was the same name as the girl i just it just didn't resonate until I was on stage and oh, I wow. the tears came, and I couldn't stop them and then it goes into the interval, and I was really worried about doing the second half of the show because I'd let myself get involved too much, yeah oh wow and it was really hard to because at the time I'm like oh I can use these emotions and then I thought oh no this is a dangerous game because I can't stop them now
1: mm, yeah oh god I can imagine that's so weird how you didn't put two and two together just, until, until you were out was there on
0: stage and I had to say the name was Sophie and until I had to say Sophie and I just just something clicked and I just was like oh shit
1: Mm. I think for you, like like you said, it was kind of this imposter syndrome and people thinking you've got to stay in your lane. Yeah. Um, with going into acting and being a presenter, that's what everyone knew you for.
0: Yeah.
1: Have you felt a lot of pressure over the years of being in the public eye, obviously, kind of coming from being in Ireland, then coming over to London, being thrown into being this new mtv presenter and then you've kind of grown from there have you yeah. ever felt those pressures
0: yeah there's a, there's a lot of pressures I, I think i was lucky when i started in mtv because i felt it was although it was a competition it was very under the radar and i had i had a chance to grow i had a chance to get better um yeah. I had a chance to learn, and I learned a lot about being a presenter by doing. And I think, like like I said before, you have to show people. Um, it it co- goes similar to you have to do it to learn how to do it because you can only learn so much from people telling you. You just have to do it. Uh, and the more I interviewed, the more people I met, the more the more I realized that everyone's just a person. I, I remember interviewing everyone from like Jennifer Lopez to P Diddy to Britney Spears, and I just remember going, ah. Oh, like you're you're just normal (laughs) like Mm. as normal as you can be for the the weird environment that you're in but yeah you and I would interview people and I'd be nervous going into the room and then I realized that they'd be a little bit nervous because I'm the one asking the questions and that's when I realized ah we're all kind of just making this up as we go along which um yeah it was such an epiphany when, when that happened and it did it made it easier going forward
1: And I feel like, you know, as as women, there's often a lot of pressure and a lot of judgment on the way that we look. And, you know, you're known for like your style and beautiful, obviously. Do you ever find that difficult or have you found that difficult over the
0: years? I got pissed off because everything I did in the papers and I I definitely, I. I think I'm right in saying that women get this more than men. How you're defined is what you're wearing or who you're going out with. And I remember yeah. there was one article in a publication um, where I think there was five different people mentioned mm-hmm. and everyone was mentioned. All the men were defined by what they did and all the women were defined by who they went out with or how they looked. I so, really. So I think, yeah, I think I'm trying to think who was on that list, but say they'd say something like sports presenter or a Duba. And then they said, uh, George Clooney's former love Lisa Snowden. And, and I, and everyone like, and I just looked through it all. I'm like, Oh my God, like that's crazy. Uh, and mm. I remember actually just saying it to the publication I remember putting it up on Twitter and put, so one positive for Twitter sometimes you can get something out there straight away uh, mm. and they changed it because I honestly don't think they did it intentionally I think we're just so used to defining women by who they're going out with or how they look that they just didn't realise that they were doing that uh, but I did notice when I'd interview people it would be talking about yeah people are interested in your love life or how you look more so than actually here's a girl who has worked her ass off who kind of came from the small town single parent uh, in Ireland and is trying to make a career for herself and is working hard along the way and I did it did get to me a little bit because I felt a bit demeaned uh, and Mm. obviously it's personal for me so you feel it more other people probably didn't notice it but it really it really got to me
1: I think I find that a lot that's kind of the thing that people are more interested in or so Mm. I've noticed it more since I did the books so that articles would come out and it would then end up mainly being about Wayne or Wayne's yeah. past or um, yeah. and, and things like that. And you definitely, and it being in the Saturdays, obviously in a girl band, that's kind of your main role anyway, but it was always what you're wearing and who you're mm-hmm. with. And I'd never experienced that before. And it, it does get a bit frustrating and you're right, it completely it happens more to women than it does to men.
0: Yeah, and... And, and then you kind of get to a stage where you have to to try and take control back because you don't really have control over what people write about you or say about mm. you. And, and I kind of thought if I do a certain type of job, is that like when I did Strictly, and I know you did Strictly as well, mm. I def, and I love that show so much and I love dancing and I love the, the actual show element of it, but everything, the circus around it, I found really hard to deal with. And I kind of had to think, do I want to put myself up for doing a show like that because a lot of people said well it comes with the territory you know you've got paps outside your house you've got articles written about you constantly uh, every little thing you say any person you talk to and I remember going why am I putting myself up for this because this isn't about dancing at all no it's not it's not and and I found that really really eye-opening and and looking at little triggers that don't work for me And, and that's why with other jobs that have kind of come since then I'm like well I love the show but I don't want to deal with that shit uh, and maybe we get to a stage where we can kind of do the show without the shit but it it is tough
1: This episode of Open Mind is brought to you in association with Very.co.uk. Relaxation is really good for you. For a start, it can help to lower blood pressure and improve concentration and mood. So the more you chill, the better you feel, which gives you a great excuse to check out Very's range of products designed to help you unwind, including night body butter, bath soaks, scented candles and cosy jumpsuits. It's time to live well, sleep well. Eat well and spend well at very.co.uk. You know, when Love Island, when that came up for you, was that yeah. quite a hard decision for you to make?
0: Yeah, it's it was such a such a weird one because there's so many emotions going on yeah. and uh, I love that show and I think it's a great show. I kind of wish now, when we're all in lockdown, I could be watching that show because it's yeah. such a great escapism. And um, so I might w- go back and watch some of the older series. But I, um, I love that show, and it was such a weird situation to find yourself in, um, getting a job like that, but in those circumstances. And I, I and a part of me was like, I don't know if I want this. <laughs> I, really? I again, I, I want to do the show. I think I'm good at live telly. Um, and I enjoy the show but do I want the shit show that goes with it um mm. and I'd seen people have to go th- through it before and I didn't know I wanted to put myself up for that I'm also very aware that Ian my other half is is connected to the show I mean we don't actually technically work together because we do different jobs but it's the same show so is that opening up my personal life uh for everyone's entertainment uh, because I mm. feel that they can because you know, a journalist thinks because you put a picture up on Instagram that she can talk about you. Does that mean if we're doing a show together, then definitely, you know, there, there, there's, there's nothing um, that you can't talk about. So mm. there's lots of things like that I had to I had to really think about. Um, uh, and that was only from having 10 years in the industry where I've had to deal with it.
1: Yeah, I did wonder if the fact that Ian was on the show would kind of make you because I think it would make me kind of second guess myself. Yeah. It's no different to someone working in an office and then you going, "Oh, should I go and work in that yeah. same office, the I same environment?"
0: And yeah. and it was really important that I um I talked to Ian about it as well because I got offered the job and before Ian knew, um, obviously we live in the same house, so he knew yeah. quite quickly. But it was really important because that's you know his show. I I, I know a lot of people who work on the show because i've worked on, on the brits and baftas and i'm a celeb and even mtv days is a lot of similar crew but i uh, he that was his thing um mm-hmm. so it's like how would i feel if he suddenly was doing a radio show on the same station that i do do you know like just stuff like yeah. that And a lot of people thought oh well of course you're going to jump on it because he works on it but if anything it kind of made us go oh god maybe yeah. we have to think this but the one thing that kind of helped me with the decision was if I wasn't going out with him I would do it so why would it stop me because I am going out with him
1: and also I suppose uh, did you find the pressure because the show was already massive like I feel like if a show was new and also you're not stepping into someone else's shoes it would be easier to make that choice
0: yeah again I like I would always love to kind of do a new show where you can build a format and kind of work from the ground upwards um because a lot of things even with MTV and things like that you're kind of stepping into like people who've done the show before when I did I'm a celebrity get me out of here Caroline had obviously hosted that show before and Emma Willis so you're always kind of but then the thing is if you look at most TV shows they're a format of another show so everyone like Emma taking over from Davina doing Big Brother and um and even Emma taking over from Holly doing The Voice and Every if you kind of think that way, there are probably no exactly new shows. Everything's based on a dating show or based on a different type of reality show or entertainment show or challenge show. So you kind of have to just make it your own as much as possible. That that's mm-hmm. all you can do. And everyone's different. As soon as you do a show, it's your own stamp on it. It was um when it was the winter show, I, it was nice that it was a different location, that it felt fresh and new, so everyone was kind of learning new things. Yeah, I, but, I um, so it still takes a while to kind of work out what's the best thing for you and all you can think about is the best thing for you and what you think is right at that
1: time yeah and I think it was one of those situations it was so publicized and everyone was talking about it so it was just even worse for you I feel like it, it it's that thing of people's opinion of it like does it look like you're just jumping in yeah. into a bad situation like you know taking a bad oh. situation with someone else and making it good for you oh
0: I've had I've had every single comment that you can like from yeah. the extreme, from all spectrums going I can't believe you've stolen someone's job and like that for, for me I couldn't think of anything worse and it's such a horrible thing for someone to say because it was a situation that I didn't particularly want and I came into later and uh and I it's just it's so it's so surreal the whole thing is surreal that you're still kind of navigating through it um Mm. and and the one the one thing that I've always said from, from the start when I got offered the job when I had the first call before I even met anybody was I just need to speak to Caroline. And I want to talk mm-hmm. to Caroline because I also did. I also didn't know what the story is because I try not to read newspapers, but you, from being online, from news feeds, you pick up things. So I didn't know what was true and what wasn't true. So yeah. I I wanted to find that out without everyone else's opinion kind of coming on top so I could make a clear decision for myself.
1: Yeah, so you guys made it together. She spoke to you and you've said she that messaged, before.
0: Yeah, and she met. It was it was really lovely because, um, again, I, I didn't want to get too involved with what was going on in Caroline's life um, to do with any court case or anything because that's none mm. of my business. It's none of my business. It's none of anyone's business bar the people who are involved in it. Um, and I didn't, yeah, I didn't want to ask her too many questions, but I wanted to make sure she was okay. And she actually messaged me first um, saying, I. 'Cause she knew that she was stepping down from that series and but mm. she someone had to do it and she just messaged me saying, I, I hope it's you that that does it. And I was like, Oh, it was just so nice to get that message because I I didn't I didn't have the job at that stage. I just had, you know, phone calls and meetings. But um I said, Look, they've called me, but I don't know yet. I don't even know how I feel and I, no decision will be made. Before I, uh, and without telling you, um, because I Mm. I feel like she deserved that respect, and she deserved that because she had created it.
1: Yeah, I just, I just remember seeing it, and I did really feel for you because I knew. I know what people are like and I knew what people would say. And I just thought it's a really difficult position in some people's Mm. eyes. It's like, well, of course she'll do it. It's an amazing show. It's massive. She's going to want to do it, you know, and all of that. And then also there is that thing is she is your friend. It was a horrible situation. It wasn't like she had stepped down because she was done and ready to move on to something else. And so I really, I really felt for you with that. And it's nice that she reached out to you and you know and and it goes against what everyone wants to write about you know like women rivalry yeah yeah like no some women can support other women and I think that just doesn't make as good a story
0: yeah and you know there's like in everyone's life they've ups and downs and and Caroline went through some like times I can't even imagine and it was just I feel blessed that you know, my la- and like the last time I've, I've talked to her has, has, was so positive, and she—and this is the sad thing—because she, <laughs> this—you have to be really careful with friends because know, they, look yeah. like they, they look like they look like they're—they're fine. And um, one of the la- actually, I haven't even said this to anyone, but one of the la- like last thing she said to me was actually this is probably a good thing what's happening now because I have a lot of things that I need to deal with and that I, mm. I want to work through. And I remember thinking, oh, this is like. I remember just thinking oh she's gonna she's gonna come out of this and she's gonna come back with a bang and it's gonna be and 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 we've seen people do that before and uh, and I just feel maybe again I was just being naive but I I really did did not see it going the other way at all at all
1: no I think I I was the same you know I did strictly with her yeah I'm not going to sit here and say we were like best friends, but we, yeah. she, you know, she's on our group chat and that chat still, there's always a conversation every day. Yeah. Um, and I did the same. I didn't want to, I didn't message her about it all because I just thought that's what everyone's going to be doing. Yeah. Everyone's reading stuff. Everyone's, you know, Everyone she's, an yeah. And she's dealing with it. Um, but I was on this morning talking about the book and she texted me and said, um, just watched you on this morning. It was great. And I was like, oh thank you I was like look I haven't been in touch because I didn't want to put you in an awkward position yeah. hope you're okay and she said you've really inspired me today oh. so for me I was like oh like I, she's doing okay it seemed positive yeah. um so I was gutted I, I, but I like you I was glad that when I had spoken was- to her it was positive it was a nice conversation yeah um but it, it, yeah, it just shocked me, and I think that's a prime example of you don't know what people are going through. Um, not one person can be to blame, and and we don't. We and, we and we'll
0: never know the reasons. No, exactly. You'll never know what was what was going on in someone's head, and also, the Caroline was dealing with a lot, and there's a lot of stuff that she was dealing with that that maybe not everyone knows about, and um, there's a lot of things that that she had to sort out, and there's only so much that. That we can think about and talk about without exactly. knowing the actual situation. Um, it's it's just I don't know. I still don't think I've fully. My brain hasn't computed.
1: No, me neither. The exactly the same. And how yeah. will it, how will it be for you? I don't know if you obviously know if you're going back to Love Island or not. Yeah. But do you think it's going to be quite difficult for everyone? I imagine.
0: Yeah, we. Um, the decision was made after the series to just not talk not not talk about any further series for like I think everyone who worked on that show um most people knew Caroline and uh I think we all just I think a lot of people took a month off um yeah and it was only last month that we were on air so um so everyone kind of had a month off to to themselves and Mm -hmm. um before thinking and I it's really weird because it's there's so much um ups and downs and obviously the downs have been horrific and I do have to also mention that there were some wonderful times working on that show in this series and and yeah. I love that show and that show the people in that show the people who work on that show oh they're just like the loveliest people in the world and they mm-hmm. really helped me get through a really tough time and I remember even I had to chat to all the Islanders before we did the live show the final live show and I remember just thanking them I said thank you because you've really helped me through the last few weeks coming into the villa and everyone and there were such a good bunch I can't speak for other islanders I just know the ones i worked with yeah they were just so lovely and even the the little dramas that would happen in there they it was just really helped so many people get through a really tough time so I think afterwards we just wanted to reflect on the good times and yes I did that show and there were some lovely moments um and i really appreciate the the people at home as well and the messages i got especially after the the live final and mm-hmm. um, again talking that moment of live television because as much as you can do a record when you do something live like you don't know what way is going to happen you don't know how you're going to feel in the moment um uh and it's scary sometimes and it was different because yeah. it wasn't like adrenaline and butterflies it was a different kind of scary um so i i just wanted to kind of time away from the show before making any decisions going forward and um I, th- I think the show was always going to be a little bit later for the summer series because the fact that they did a winter series. But then, of course, the coronavirus happened. I know, I was going to say. <laughs> so so you don't got have the perfect a decision excuse. yet at
1: all. <laughs> and have you found, like, how are you finding all this isolation stuff? Like, I'm I... so jealous that you've got Mick. Oh, my God, dog. Mick,
0: my little dog. Uh, I'm going to put it out there and say... I'm not hating it. I kind of I kind of could have done with the time the downtime. Um I've really enjoyed it. It's been so lovely just being at home. Uh because I kind of felt my house was where my stuff was, not necessarily that I live there. Um so being at home and cooking dinners and like this sounds mad but like one of the things that someone said what do you and Ian like to do on your days off we used to love go going shopping like going to the local supermarket and go shopping with the trolley and we'd see all these (laughs) other couples having fights together and we were like oh my god this is like real life I love it because our real life wasn't like that it was so we spent so much time away from each other or he'd be doing gigs at night time because he does a lot of stand-up and he's supposed to be on tour at the moment and I could be doing radio in the morning I could be doing shoots during the day I could be doing castings at like mad times and and it was the first time we were just at home together and yeah as I said I'm not
1: hating it what I think is nice about it is that everyone is doing the same thing. So you don't really feel like you're missing out either. No, no FOMO.
0: Terrible FOMO. Uh, Especially like when I first moved to London, there's always, I love going to gigs, there's always gigs on. And I realised there's always some incredible artists playing most nights. And from working in with BBC and and TV, you'd get a lot of invites to gigs. And I used to hate not going because I'd get Mm -hmm. FOMO. And I'm actually quite relieved that nothing's on because I can just stay at home. I feel like
1: we're all going to emerge out of this very different. Like, obviously, it's going to be... Horrendous for a lot of people because we are losing a lot of people and um, I I feel like we're still a long way to go with that. I think it
0: hasn't really... I am very fortunate that it hasn't really hit me hard because I I haven't... I don't know anyone close to me that is suffering with the Mm -hmm. virus or or is critically ill. Um, I think for a lot of people that's very real.
1: Yeah, but I think the world is going to come out of it quite different. I think we're going to become more aware of the way we live our lives and yeah. I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. I also think there's gonna be a lot of people that come out of this with a lot of OCD issues. <laughs> Germs and cleanliness yeah. and people being too probably, close to them.
0: Probably no harm. No. Probably no harm a little bit of that. Um and there's definitely going to be a lot of people probably coming out of this pregnant. <laughs> I know I said that divorced or pregnant. Divorced or pregnant one or the other. Um, yeah. I hope we come out of this a little a little bit nicer. Uh and there's that lovely video that went viral on the news of, you know, this is the time that kids will remember like, oh, this is the time mommy and daddy were at home together. And yeah. Played with us.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's funny. Um, and how do you find it? Have you had any anxiety with it? Like what's your way of dealing with your mental health, especially in, you know, now that you're kind of stuck at home?
0: Uh, I, I actually feel a bit more relieved at, at, at home. And uh I I definitely had noticed I'd had little panic attacks, not severe ones, but different times in my life um, with dealing with things, and and I noticed a trigger. I was the trigger. It's noticing the triggers, what triggers it and what doesn't trigger, and try, trying trying mm. to remove yourself um, from from them. But uh, even I think it was a few weeks ago, and I wasn't feeling that well, but it was it was the it was the day after. Caroline's funeral and I just felt exhausted and I felt Mm. it was the first time I had let myself fully get upset because I felt the whole time I had to keep it together and I just didn't feel I just felt exhausted and I had to go into BBC to do an interview and then it was it wasn't um we hadn't reached the the height of of COVID-19 where we knew exactly all the symptoms but people were saying if you're not feeling well stay at home and Mm -hmm. I remember getting on the tube and then thinking, oh, am I sick or am I just tired? And and it wasn't about me being sick. It was about infecting other people. So I remember like being on the tube, like trying to stand like 10 meters away from everybody and almost having a panic attack. And I remember like ringing um, Ian and he actually didn't really help me in the situation because he was having his own little like freak out and everything. <laughs> and so I'm like, and I was like, I'm not going to talk to him right now because he's going to make me feel more panicked. And I was also mm. on the tube, so I couldn't get off. And I was like, am I sick or am I just tired or what's going on? And I think everything had built up to what was going on with me personally, to what was going on in the wider world. And it was the first mm. time I'd properly listened to the news that week um, because I'd been in a bubble of what was going on in my personal life and, and losing Caroline and stuff. So I and I just had this freak out going, germs people are near me and I and I I paced around BBC for about 20 minutes before I went in because I didn't know if I should have gone in or not and uh, (laughs) it was just it was just a really weird moment and I think after that day I didn't really go out again.
1: So what would your tip be then for other people because I feel like you're very good at putting yourself in situations that you're nervous about or uncomfortable with like what would your tip be for other people in that situation?
0: I think we have one life that is all we have. And we need to live it to, it, it sounds so cheesy, but we just need to live it to, you know, the best that we can. Um, it's full potential. And there are so many opportunities that we get. I think if you get an opportunity, take it. If it's something that you're kind of interested in, take it. It's going to be scary. But if we just do the same thing all the time. And I think being at home now, we realize how, how mundane it can be to do the same thing all the time. So I think hopefully this will make more people kind of, jump at uh at opportunities more but my thing is like feel like oh my god that's a book feel the fear and do it anyway but uh, (laughs) I was gonna name all every self-help book I've ever read it's it's, be open but it's it's really important to just to live and I think everything that's happened in the past while you realize that once this world is over whatever you believe in afterwards and afterlife like You've lived this life, and you can't go back and do it again. So, just take those opportunities. And when when sometimes I get offered jobs, my agents sometimes ask me, "Oh, would you be interested in doing this, or would you definitely say no to doing this?" Or uh, and and sometimes like, "Would you do this film, or would you do this kind of thing?" I'm like, "Do you know what? Each opportunity is different, and I'd never say completely no to." you know, one particular genre, I'm just going to see if it's something I'm interested in. And Mm -hmm. if it is, I'm going to do it. And even if it makes me a little bit scared and I've I've done things, I've done things and kind of gone, God, I wish I didn't do that. But you know what? Those regrets they're not the worst in the world because you're like, now I've learned something about myself from doing that or mm. I've, I've grown in some way. So I don't, and re- don't necessarily regret doing them. I just, I've learned from them. So nothing I can do. What is the risk? The risk is what you maybe didn't enjoy it as much as you thought you would, or maybe, maybe you weren't as good, or maybe you were better than you thought you were going to be. So everything that you do, you're going to learn from. So my, my tip is, is just to go for it and, yeah, feel the butterflies, feel the adrenaline, and just live because feeling all those emotions will remind you that you're alive. Ah, oh, thank you.
1: Well, I think I needed to hear that.
0: I'm <laughs> um, all <laughs> there, afraid. I don't know what I was saying, but I hope that makes sense.
1: <laughs> no, it did. It's great. Um, definitely from speaking to you, I've kind of realised that you do, even if you're scared of something, you put yourself in situations and you just go for it. And yeah. I think sometimes we're all very good at talking ourselves out of things telling ourselves we're not good at something and actually you just need to give something a go and see what happens so I like that
0: so thank you and and thank you and thank you um I read read your book and uh I found it really really helpful um and especially just connecting with other people's stories because again when I like I know when I meet a lot of people especially in my industry everyone seems like perfect and, Mm -hmm. and, and and knowing that people have their ups and their downs I know it sounds terrible because I don't want to get pleasure out of people's downs but it makes me go oh they're real they're they're like me they feel it too (laughs) yeah and that's
1: what it's all about so that's fine you're welcome (laughs) thanks babe well good luck um hopefully you and Ian will still like each other by the end of it like everyone else I hope Um, so I'm sure you will all right thanks babe
0: love babe Bye.
1: Open Mind, the podcast, is sponsored by very.co.uk.